What's going on, everybody? So I want to let everybody know about my new merch brand. Okay, so I just got one of my new t-shirts that came in yesterday. The reason why I created this brand was because I wanted everybody to think about allowing the stock market to pay for everything that you need. So if you want to go on vacation this summer or go on vacation later this year, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you need to pay for your daughter's tuition, don't pay for it, trade for it. If you want to get an investment property, a beach house, or whatever your life truly desires, don't pay for it, trade for it. If this is a brand that you want to be a part of, that you want to rock, look, go to www.tradeforyourself.com, click catalog, and go look at the products that I have. On top of that, I've got free shipping on all orders. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to rock up on a t-shirt like this. Look, remember, don't pay for it. Trade for it. I'm going to catch y'all later on the other side going on everybody hope everybody is doing well please bear with me as i get everything set up i'm glad everybody's tapped in today for the trade for yourself podcast okay okay it's always a great opportunity to make building wealth a priority for your life that's that's something that I really want. I really want to, you know, drive home. This is a perfect opportunity for us to make building wealth a priority for your life. Appreciate everybody for tapping in. It's going to be a beautiful situation. I'm looking very, very forward to this episode. This episode right here, this is one of those ones. This is why I always say, like, this is why you got to make building wealth a priority, you know. Please reach out to me in the chat. I want to see who's in the chat today. I want to see who's in the chat today. Okay. I know I know the title of this episode probably has y'all intrigued a little bit, but you know that's what that's what it's all about because when heavy when heavy hitters report earnings, when heavy hitters report earnings, you got to talk about them. You can't just go idly by when heavy hitters report earnings, you have to comment on it. And this is gonna be very, very important for us to understand. Okay, so bear with me one more second as I get everything set up. I really, truly appreciate y'all for tapping in again. I understand that this is definitely, look, time is your most valuable asset. There are so many people out here who are giving out great information on YouTube, giving out great information on podcast form, whatever vertical you want to call it. So I don't take it for granted that you took the time to tap in with me here today. So let's not, let's not waste any more time. Again, this is another episode of the Trade for Yourself podcast, where the mission here is still very simple. I just want to help you learn how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourself. So please like, Okay, please like the video. Please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell on the channel. So whenever an episode comes out, you can just automatically just go, go directly to it. Okay, because it really truly helps me in the algorithm. Look, I appreciate everybody that's been subscribing. Okay, I've got 81 subscribers. So I really truly appreciate it. Like I said, we're putting out the information every single week. 
We're putting out the information on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram, Mr. Devon Elder. Okay. Follow me on Instagram. I put Instagram reels out there. I go live from time to time because like I said, it's, it's about giving people the information that they need in order to be successful. Look, if you like this t-shirt, this green, it's the force green right here. Don't pay for it, trade for it. You can go get it. www.tradeforyourself.com. Click catalog. That's where you go tap in with the merch. Now understand this. We got free shipping on all orders. Free shipping on all orders. Doesn't matter where you are. You got free shipping. So if you want to patronize the website, you want to tap in with it, go to www.tradeforyourself.com so you can get one of these fly t-shirts. Now, this episode, we're breaking down Tesla stock. It's, it's going to be all about why you should buy Tesla stock. Okay, Tesla reported their earnings. Okay, so now let me go ahead and share my screen, get everything set up. Okay, so we can go in and really, truly talk about why this is important. Okay, so let's start over here with this. Let's start off with the CNBC article. Okay, so Tesla grew revenue by 42%, right? They grew revenue by 42%, but the automotive margins declined. Okay, so Tesla reported adjusting earnings of $2.27 per share on $13.93 billion in revenue in Q2. Automotive margins decreased from last quarter and a year ago, impacted by inflation and more competition for EV components. So what happened was Tesla reported better than expected earnings, which is good, and slightly light on the revenue side. Now, we want to see that profit high because the profit is very, very important. The main reason why the company didn't deliver as expected on revenue is because of a lot of the headwinds. There have been a lot of headwinds that have been going on with the company. So the company has been going through some things. And we're going to go through this now. Automotive gross margin came in at 27.9%, down from 32.9% last quarter and 28.4% a year ago, impacted by inflation and more competition for battery sales and other components that go into electric vehicles, okay? Automotive revenues made up about $14.6 billion of the company's total, with $1.47 billion coming from services and other revenue, and $866 million coming from the company's energy segment, okay? So understand this. Before we even get into this, okay, I'm going to petition to you. I'm going to tell you why I believe Tesla is going to be one of the largest companies in the world over the next five years. It's because Tesla is a technology company that just happens to make electric vehicles, okay? They're going to be using autonomous technology as a service, full self-driving, in order to be able to drive the company's revenue. Now, let's look at Tesla's revenue by segment. Look at what has been happening with this company's revenue. From 2018, this company was making a hair over $3 billion in the first quarter of 2018. Now, the company's revenue is upwards of almost $17 billion. The previous quarter, Tesla's revenue was up above $18 billion. The main reason why Tesla had such a bad time was because of the closure, the, the mandatory COVID lockdowns and closures in, in terms of Giga Shanghai. Because Tesla has four main manufacturing plants that are up and running right now. Fremont, California, okay, Giga, Giga Factory Shanghai in China, Giga Factory Berlin, Germany, and Giga Factory Austin, Texas. Now, Berlin, Germany, and Austin, Texas, those are the two that just came on, that really truly just came online. And we're going to talk about those down the line in the episode. Now, the company generated $344 million in automotive regulatory credits revenue in the second quarter. 
And the company said that in its shareholder deck. Now we're going to go through the shareholder deck in a minute. That's a 10 million or nearly 3% decline from the same period in 2021. CEO Elon Musk, on an earliest call this past Wednesday, he said this tonight, said Tesla's new factory outside of Berlin surpassed 1,000 cars per week in June. And he expects the company's new factory in Austin, Texas, to exceed the 1,000 per week production milestone in the next few months. Now, this is a big deal. Now, understand this. These, these two manufacturing plants are just now ramping up to production. And Tesla reported, they said they had the best June manufacturing quarter on record this past June last month. So that's a very, very good sign. After they got through those COVID lockdowns, understanding that they had the best manufacturing they had on record, I really, truly believe that Tesla has the ability to have a strong second half. The second half, look, the first half was rocky, but we understand that there are four quarters in the game. And we understand that the game is won in the second half, not the first half. The game is won in the second half. Now, Tesla has grown its charging infrastructure more than its store and service centers, reporting 709 store and service locations for the quarter and almost 4,000 supercharger locations with 36,000 with more than 36,000 total supercharger connections in the second quarter. Those numbers represented 19% growth in store and service center locations year over year and 34% growth in the number of charging locations. So now the company offered limited detail about its investments and sale of cryptocurrency. Now Tesla is one of the companies that is known for investing into Bitcoin. But companies like Square, Tesla, I believe PayPal as well, other new age technology companies are investing into Bitcoin. Now, I'm telling you this, I am a I am bullish on Bitcoin. Okay, I am bullish on Bitcoin. I am bullish on Ethereum. Okay, I am bullish on the cryptocurrency industry as a whole. Understand that, okay? And I want you and I want you to please do your research. Don't just take it for granted for what I say because I don't manage money professionally. But I'm telling you, Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two main are the two main head honchos you need to be looking into from the cryptocurrency perspective. Now, what the company said, as of the end of Q2, they have converted approximately 75% of their Bitcoin purchases into fiat currency. Conversions in Q2 added $936 million of cash to our balance sheet. Overall, the company's cash and cash equivalents increased by $847 million during the quarter. The strong balance sheet, you know I love a strong balance sheet. You know I love a strong balance sheet. Tesla made waves among crypto enthusiasts when it announced in early 2021 it had purchased 1.5 billion worth of Bitcoin. Now, Elon Musk is one of the best CEOs of this generation. And he is and he is a great CEO. He's a brilliant CEO. He's very smart, but he's also a good investor too. He understands how to take profit, okay? He didn't just allow himself to bleed down because you see People thought that Tesla was going to get beat to sleep in terms of this is going to be negative to the profit because of how Bitcoin has been performing. But great investors understand when to make their entries, when to make their exits and take that profit. Now, Musk explained on Wednesday's call, the reason we sold a bunch of our Bitcoin holdings was that we were uncertain as to when COVID lockdowns in China would alleviate. So it was important for us to maximize our cash position very responsible. He added, this should not be taken as some verdict on Bitcoin because Bitcoin, Bitcoin actually did drop down. Bitcoin did drop down on this news, but 
that's 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 a non-factor okay cfo zachary kirkhorn and must confirm that tesla has not sold any of his dogecoin any of his dogecoin now i don't own any dogecoin that's up that's up for y'all when i talk about any dogecoin i said bitcoin and ethereum all right so with two new factories now standing in texas and outside of berlin and germany Tesla has kept its soft guidance for 50% average annual growth in vehicle deliveries over a multi-year horizon. Tesla still counts its hotly anticipated Cybertruck and electric semi-truck, updated Roadster concept, and other speculative processes like the humanoid robot as in development. On Wednesday, in response to an investor's question, Elon Musk said that Tesla is hoping to start delivering the Cybertruck an experimental looking pickup in the middle of next year. Now, me personally, I want a cyber truck. And to be honest with you, I'm probably going to go ahead and order mine. I'm, I'm going to put my $100 down and I'm going to order it because I want to, I really truly want that cyber truck and I'm going to make the preparation to get it. Now, this is what I want you to understand about the cyber truck. The cyber truck is going, to, they're anticipating to be delivering in the middle of 2023. Now, now Tesla is known for, for putting out you know, pretty much lofty targets in terms of production. But I feel that this may actually work because the Cybertruck is going to be produced in Austin, Texas, right? So if you are in America, the fact that, the fact that they are doing this in Austin, Texas, that, that, that leads me to believe that this may be a good opportunity and they may actually be able to get this done, all right? So inflation uncertainty, Talking about inflation again, we've been talking about inflation until the cows came home. Now, Russia's brutal, brutal invasion of Ukraine and COVID outbreaks in China exacerbated ongoing semiconductor and part shortages, along with other supply chain snags. COVID restrictions in Shanghai forced Tesla to temporarily suspend or limit production at its factory there during the second quarter of 2022. Now, Tesla delivered just under 255,000 vehicles in the second quarter of 2022. What I want to tell you is that Shanghai was closed, was completely shut down, locked down due to COVID for two weeks. So I was reading an article based out of China, and it was saying that factory workers had to sleep in the facility, had to sleep in the facility in order to be able to get these things you know what I'm saying? Delivered. That's why they were able to, that's why they were pretty much able to pretty much, you know, pretty much save grace. You know, the best companies are going to figure out a way to be able to skirt the supply chain issues, right? In late May, Musk lamented the high cost of starting up production at new factories in Austin, Texas, and in Bradenburg, Germany. During an interview with Tesla owner Silicon Valley, a company recognized fan club must say that the two new factories are gigantic money furnaces, okay? Earlier this month, Musk said in a tweet that Tesla could lower prices for its electric cars if inflation calms down. That's something that Tesla's going to be doing in the future. Don't worry about the cost of the cars right now. On Wednesday's earnings calls, Tesla's CFO said, Austin and Berlin ramp inefficiencies will continue to weigh on our margins for the balance of the year. However, the impact should reduce as we increase the ramp up, right? So, and must remark optimistically, I think inflation will decline towards the end of the year, but warned investors to take that prediction with a grain of salt. Executives on the call said that for most commodities, Tesla is now seeing a downward trend towards the end of this year or next year. 
However, must say that there were exceptions. The, pro the processes of lithium is insane. And he once called on entrepreneurs to enter the lithium refining business. He said, you can't lose. It's a license to print money. So understand this. Understand what's going on. What have we been talking about? We're talking about inflation a lot. But we said that inflation is peaking in certain parts of the economy. And later on this year, we are anticipating that the inflation is going to come down. Now, let's go over to the quarter breakdown, right? Let's, let's go over to the quarter breakdown and see what Tesla dropped. Now, this is the Q2 2022 update. Now, this is really, truly a great update here. And I really, truly like how Tesla is very, very succinct in terms of how they break down what they've got going on. It's very, truly easy for us to understand. Now, cash, operating cash flow, Lex CapEx, free cash flow of $621 million in Q2. In total, 0.8 billion increase in our cash and cash equivalents in Q2 to $18.3 billion. You see, there's something you see, people always give Tesla a lot of grief about how it's very expensive from a PE perspective, a price to earnings multiple. People are sleeping on the fact that Tesla has a strong balance sheet, has a very strong balance sheet. That's why I really truly like this company. That's why I say that people need to be finding their entries to get into this company because it's a strong company, strong balance sheet. The company said that we continue to make significant progress across the business during the second quarter of 2022. Though we face certain challenges, including limited production and shutdowns in Shanghai for the majority of the quarter, which I will say will be temporary, I might add, we achieved an operating margin among the highest of the industry of 14.6%, positive free cash flow of $621 million, and ended the quarter with the highest vehicle production month in our history. All right? Profitability. 2.5 billion gap operating income, very good. 27.9% gap automotive gross margin. New gigafactories in Berlin, Bradenburg, and Austin continue to ramp in Q2. Gigafactory Berlin reached an important milestone of 1,000 cars produced in a single week while achieving positive gross margin during the quarter, very positive. From our Austin factory, the first vehicles with Tesla made 4680 four, sales and structural battery packs were delivered to our U.S. customers. Okay, that's a good thing. And they're going to continue to invest in capacity expansion of our factories to maximize production. The energy business, now people don't talk a lot about Tesla's energy business because it's very small. The energy business has made up meaningful progress in Q2 as well, achieving higher volumes with stronger unit economics. Okay, that's very, very good. This is res results in overall record gross profit. Customer interest in our storage products remains strong and well above our production rate. So we talked about the, the 1,000 vehicles produced in a single week in Gigafactory Berlin, highest solar deployment in over four years, with each of the Fremont and Shanghai factories achieving their highest ever production months and new factory growth. We are focused on a record-breaking second half of 2022. Now, this is the financial summary. And this financial summary is going to put everything into perspective on what Tesla has been doing over the last couple of years. Now, in the right, in the red, this is the quarter that we're looking at. Our automotive, our automotive revenues, they were up 14.6 billion. That was up 43% year over year. That's very good. Automotive gross profit, 41%. That's up. Again, that's up. 
41% year over year, right? Automotive gross margin, 27.9%. That's down 46 basis points. But we understand that they've been dealing with a lot from the COVID lockdowns, inflation, materials, material struggles. All of that is, is just what's going on with that. So total revenue, $16.9 billion, still up 42% year over year. $4.2 billion in gross profit, up 47% year over year. The total gap gross margin, 25%, up 89 basis points year over year. Everything is still up year over year. The company is still operating strong. Operating expenses were $1.7 billion. They were up 13%, but that's but that's really truly about the investment into the factories and also investing to that research and development. You want to pay attention to what companies are investing in from a research development standpoint. Almost 2.5 billion in, in operating income, very good. You know, operating margin, 14.6 billion, up 358 basis points, very strong. You know, adjusted EBITDA, you know, 3.7 billion, up 52% right? Earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. Adjusted EBITDA margin, 22.4%, up 159 basis points. So very strong. Net income attributable, net income attributable to common stockholders, GAAP, 2.2 billion, up 98%. EPS attributable to common stockholders, diluted GAAP, up 91%. Net cash, 2.3 billion. Net operating cash flow, up 11%. Okay, y'all are seeing the trend here. Up, 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 increasing year over year. And the cash and cash equivalents, 18.3 billion. This company has strong cash and little debt. So, so they have the ability to invest and execute on what they need to execute on. They need to execute on the full self-driving which is that autonomous leg that's going to be able to help them grow. They're, they have the cash and they have the financial position to be able to make sure that they invest into that. Okay, like, like that's, that's just strong. Like if you look at what's going on, total revenue up 42%, like everything is operating very, very good with this company from a balance sheet perspective. Okay, so, okay, so let's look at, let's look at the, the automotive production. Okay, the automotive production because Tesla makes four vehicles. They make the Model 3, which is a four-door mid-size sedan, okay? They manufacture those out of Fremont, California, and Shanghai, China. The Model Y, which is an SUV, they manufacture those out of Fremont and Shanghai. They have the Model S, four-door full-size sedan. They manufacture that one in Fremont. And the Model X, your mid-size SUV, they manufacture that one out of Fremont as well. Now, at a total production... You've got 258,000 vehicles. That's up 25% year over year. That's very strong. Your total deliveries, 254,000, up 27% year over year. People will, people will just keep talking to you about like the difference, the difference between what they did in Q1 and what they did in Q2. Q1 was a different quarter and they had different challenges than what they had in Q2. They'll tell you that, man, Tesla is down in productions and deliveries sequentially, right? Quarter over quarter. This is what I want you to understand as an investor. Please keep this in mind and understand this as an investor. Seasonality is very important. It's very, very important, excuse me. Understand that companies have certain quarters where they are stronger 
in certain quarters where they are weaker. For example, right? Let's take a Salesforce, for example, ticker symbol CRM. Their revenue that they have is recurring revenue and it's largely enterprise revenue. And they have that in terms of contracts. They have that contract revenue but they receive that revenue in a certain quarter. So yes, certain quarters may be lower, but understand how low is it in relation to where it was last year in that previous quarter. That's how you put things into a perspective so you can sift through that noise as an investor. Remember, I always talk to y'all for the Trade for Yourself podcast where we teach people how to trade and invest in the stock market for yourself. I always say you gotta be able to think like an investor. If you don't have the ability to think like an investor, then you won't be successful, right? That's why I say we have to do the research into these companies. If you are not researching into these companies, you should not be investing into singular stocks. You should be investing into ETFs, right? You should be investing in ETFs, which we will talk about those in the future. So we got solar deployed and you got the storage deployed. Now, this is their energy, right? So, you know, Tesla has these solar power walls, and they have solar panels that are pretty much on top of your house. Now, the solar deployed was 106 megawatts. I believe that's megawatts. 106 megawatts is up 25% year over year. The storage deployed megawatt hours, that's, that's one 1,133. That's down 11%. Okay, so we understand that. We got some store, got some storage service, supercharger locations and whatnot. And so now here we're talking about we're pretty much look at the market share, look at the market share of what Tesla has. Um, we're looking at we're looking at pretty much the capacity and we're looking at the pretty much what they produce right now and what they're projected to produce in the future. Look at that cyber truck, that cyber truck in development, Tesla semi in development that that is that is going to be a game changer. OK, a game changer, because. A partially autopilot semi-truck. That's going to be major in terms of a logistics perspective, okay? Tesla Roadster. I'm grabbing this one as well. This is another one that I'm going to be getting. Okay, RoboTaxi and others. Autonomous driving. We're talking about possibility and over $2 trillion industry that we can be tapping into in terms of Tesla. I talked on, on, on Instagram, I talked on Instagram, I talked about Waymo, right? Google owns Waymo, another autonomous driving company. Understand this, all right? Autopilot and full self-driving. As of the end of Q2 2022, over 100,000 Tesla drivers in North America had access to full self-driving beta, the beta platform. Cumulative miles driven by our customers using city streets, Supervised autonomy continue to grow at an unprecedented scale. Fleet data is an important part of improving and expanding the system. We recently relaunched the enhanced autopilot option in North America for customers who are only interested in highway autonomy. Look at this over here on the right. Cumulative miles driven with FSD beta. Very small from October 2020 all the way to September 2021. But once you broke out, this is exponential growth, y'all. We're talking about less than 5 million. We're up to 35 million in terms of cumulative miles driven. Tesla it knows exactly what they're doing. That's why I said, y'all, that's why I said to y'all at the beginning, 
Tesla is a technology company that just happens to make electric vehicles. That's very, very important for you to understand the value of this company. Vehicles with adaptive suspension in North America can now automatically adjust to a more comfortable ride height before encountering a section of rough road informed by continuously updated data collected by our fleet. Our latest vehicles now use Tesla Vision to tighten seat belts earlier in a wider array of frontal crashes. So pretty much, so pretty, pretty much Elon Musk actually talked about this on the call. And what he was saying was the Tesla vehicles now have the ability to pretty much like if a crash is coming on, the, the car has the ability to anticipate the crash ahead of time. So it tightens that seatbelt in tension so you can be safer as an individual who's driving that vehicle, right? That's very, very important. The architecture of electric vehicles allow us to rethink vehicle design and the manufacturing process but beyond what was possible in the combustion engine era, right? Now, thanks to large castings and parts consolidation, the robot count in our body shops and new factories dropped by more than 70% per unit of capacity compared to our first iteration of the Model 3 body shop. This is very good. And they are continuing to lower those costs. Our quest for, for simplification is not over. We will continue to drive simplification further with every new product and every new factory. Now, that is big time. Okay, Tesla understands the technology and they are investing in the research and development of this company. So this is very, very important. So, so we're talking about energy storage, solar and services. This is another segment of the business that's going to grow later on. You know, right now, this segment of the business is probably less than 2% of the business. But we understand that the way that we consume energy in the United States and also the way that we consume energy globally is going to change a lot. And so solar energy is going to be pretty much inst instituted into the grid and we're going to be using solar energy more, right? Because the reliability or certain energy sources in pretty much when you look at climate change and you look at you know, us pretty much having abnormal weather events more regularly, the current infrastructure in the power grid is not going to be able to withstand all of that. So Tesla is taking the time. They're leading the forefront in terms of renewable energy and using different components. So I would, I would encourage y'all to come back to here and check out what they're doing from a solar perspective, energy perspective. Now, from an outlook perspective, they, they expect to achieve 50% average annual growth in vehicle deliveries. Okay, so the... The China lockdowns, you know, right now China is open, but that's not something that we can just rule out for the rest of the year. But I believe if they've been able to navigate it this well this year, I believe they're still going to be able to have a great second half. Like Tesla is primed to have themselves a great second half. All right. And so we look at some photos here and this is very, very good. You know, I like the technology. I like the factories. I like the strong management. I like what they're doing from a lot of different perspectives. And before we get out of here, you know, right here, we're looking at this faster tension development. This right here doesn't have anything to do with, with, with what I'm about to say, but I want you to understand that Tesla said that their, that their main driver 
is going to be that Tesla robot. That Tesla robot could mean more to the business from a revenue and gross profit standpoint than the cars themselves and full self-driving. So keep that in mind. Understand that. Look at these charts. It's continuing to increase year over year, quarter over quarter. Is what I like to see. Vehicle deliveries up year over year. Net income up year over year. Operating cash flow up year over year. This is exactly what I like to see in businesses, right? Strong balance sheets, strong standpoint. Now, before we get out of here, I want to go over here to the charts because we need to look at some things in the charts because we've got a potential trade that we can take. There's a potential trade out here that we might be able to take on tomorrow. So first thing I want to do is I want to go to Tesla stock because since we're talking about Tesla stock, I want to I want to really break down the stock and look at where we are from a technical standpoint and if I would recommend you buying this stock. Now, let me delete these trend lines real quick. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Now, this is a weekly chart, which is a weekly view of what Tesla stock has been doing over the last five years. We see that this company is moving up and to the right. Very, very strong from a from a long from a long term long range technical standpoint. Now let's figure out where would be a good point for entry. Now let's use the Fibonacci retracement tool. Now, now to use this tool, we need to use this tool on the weekly time frame. Draw all the way from our all time high down to a major low. We've got a major low down here in March of 2020. That's a major low. Now, if we look at where we are, the 50% retracement is where I'm looking at as a good entry. Now, now, now we're right above that right now at about 742. So the 50% the, the Fibonacci retracement level would be very good for an entry on this stock. Now, the 38.2% retracement, that will be kind of good. If it breaks below 23.6, that might be an, an indication we might want to leave it alone from a technical standpoint, right? And the 618 Fibonacci retracement level, if we, if, we break up, if we break above that, it's a possibility we might really truly go back on a bullish run. So around this 50% retracement level is where I would like to get the stock. Now, understand that the stock is still deeply discounted from where it was previously. So now I'm going to go back to the daily. I'm going to go to the daily really quickly here. On a daily standpoint, Tesla is down. From its all-time high, Tesla is still down over 40%. So, so you still got a really, really good discount for this stock. But the one thing I was looking at, though, I like to look at trends. And a trend you might want to look at is when you draw some trend lines and you draw some triangles, okay? So let's draw some triangles here. We're drawing a triangle up here. And then we're going to draw a triangle trend line down here. Now, it seems to me that, that a triangle is forming on this stock. Now, now, this is just a pattern. Now, when you're looking at stocks and you're looking at technical analysis, when you're trading them, you want to look for patterns. So this pattern right here is a we've got a triangle. And so you see that the, that the stock has been consolidating inside this triangle for the last month or so. It's been consolidating in this triangle. It's either going to break past it or break below it. 
So from a trade perspective, you could on a, on an entry perspective, you could you could pretty much play the break of this triangle. So the level of so if 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 Tesla gets above 764.94, so 7 765 that would be a good level to play Tesla to the upside because we're that, that's a clear defined break out of the triangle. When you draw triangles, you want to play clear defined breaks out of the triangle. Okay, so same thing to the downside. If, if we break below, I would say 690, 694, 693, you can play a put to the downside. So like I said, Tesla is one of these companies I believe you need to have in your portfolio for the long term. Just keep that in mind. Now, there is a trade that I am thinking about making in the next couple of days. That's going to be on SPY, ticker symbol SPY. Now, I want us to look at what's going on here with SPY. Now, SPY has been in a consolidation pattern for a little minute. But if we understand this, if we draw some shapes, understand some shapes really quickly here, you can see a double bottom pattern is performing. It is forming. Now, a double bottom is a reversal pattern. We've had a double bottom occur on SPY, and we have broken up. We have broken out just a little bit. Now, another reason why I want to take this trade is because we have a gap. Now, what is a gap? In, in terms of like telling you a gap without giving you like, like a technical de definition, a gap is a dislocation in price. So pretty much a gap occurs when pretty much the very next candle, you have a big drop, either a big drop down or a big or a big, you know, upside move, right? And so normally gaps get filled. And when you come into a gap, normally you can play a stop up to that next gap. So we've got a gap that occurred on June 9th to June 10th, right? We had a gap down on June 9th to June 10th, and we had another gap down from June 10th to June to June 13th. Now that gap has been filled. We've been filling this gap through this consolidation, but we had a breakout above this above this high resistance point on this double bottom, and we've also got a resistance point right here at 395.78. 395.78 is what I'm looking at. But today, but today we got as high as 396.26. Now, if we get above 396.26, I'm trying to play SPY to the 401.44 level. Pretty much, if we get above 396.26, I'm trying to swing calls. I'm trying to trade calls for a three to five day period. I'm not going to be in these calls long because I only want to play the gap. I only want to play the gap. Now, if you're wondering, now, Devon, why do you got this blue line right here? This is the 50-day moving average on SPY. So we broke out a little bit today. We came back down and we retested the 50-day moving average and we came up. Now, the futures, I believe, are a little bit lower right now. So what I'm looking for tomorrow, so... Okay, okay, so, okay, so let, let, let's break this down really quickly here, okay? We see a double bottom pattern. We saw the double bottom pattern, and now we're seeing a breakout. I want to get above 396.26. Now, this is a daily time frame. 
when you're looking at swing trades, when you're looking at a swing trade, you want to look at it from a big time frame, but you want to find your entry on a smaller time frame. So let's so let's break down what happened in the trading day today. What happened in the trading day today? Now, intraday, intraday we came down to about 390.84. So like I said, we retested that 50-day moving average and we broke higher. So we came to 396.26, came back down, rested around that 50-day. We came back up again and we closed right at about 394. 394.77 is where we closed. So what I'm looking for tomorrow, I'm looking for an entry. I'm looking for us. I'm looking for us to do a little bit of a re retracement if we can respect that 50 day moving average. And I am swinging calls above 396.26. Now, before you go out here and do this, this is this is for my options traders. This right here is for live men, not freshmen. If you don't trade options, you should not be doing this. On top of that, I'm on, on top of that, but for, for more color, I'm going to be swinging calls that expire on August 19th because I understand that we are in a bear market still. Like I said, let's go back to the daily move. I'm only playing this to fill the gap. I'm only trying to fill this gap. I'm going to get my calls. I'm going to get my contracts. And when, and when Spike gets back to this gap, I'm selling out the majority of my position and I'm going to leave one to three contracts as runners to be able to take a little bit of the upside. Because I do still believe if we fill this gap, I do still believe we have some upside because, because we've got some liquidity because we got some liquidity up here. We were trading around in this range. And so keep this in mind. Like I said, this is the trade that we can make on SPY tomorrow. And the fact that investors were able to digest those Tesla earnings very well, that, that pretty much, that makes me bullish. I'm not going to lie. That makes me bullish for the next three days. And so keep that in mind. If you want to reach out to me about this trade, DM me on Instagram at Mr. Devon Elder. I can talk to you about the trade. We can talk about it offline because I really, truly think that this is an opportunity. Like, like this is an opportunity that we've been waiting on. Like, you know, even though we're in a bear market, you're still going to have opportunities to capture some upside. And the fact that we're now back into this range, this really truly tells me that we might be able to go ahead and fill this gap, right? Now, before we get out of here, three things I want to talk about. I want to talk about playing the gap. We've been talking about the gap, right? Let's talk about playing the gap. What really truly is a gap, right? I want to break it down. Now, this is Investopedia. Now, Investopedia gives me a lot of game in terms of understanding definitions in the stock market. So playing the gap. In volatile markets, traders can benefit from large jumps in asset prices if they can be turned into opportunities. Gaps are areas on a chart where the price of the stock or another financial instrument moves sharply up or down with little or no trading in between, right? As, as I said before, as a result, the assets chart shows a gap in the normal price pattern. The enterprising trader can interpret and exploit these gaps as exploit these gaps for profit. This article will help you understand how and why gaps occur and how you can use them to make profitable trades. So gaps are spaces on a chart that emerge when the price of a financial instrument significantly changes with little or no trading in between. Gaps occur unexpectedly as the perceived value of the investment changes 
due to underlying fundamental or technical factors. Gaps are classified as a breakaway, exhaustion, common, or continuation based on when they occur in a price pattern and what they signal. So gap basics. Gaps occur because of the underlying fundamental or technical factors. For example, if a company's earnings are much higher than expected, the company's stock may gap up the next day. This means the stock opened up higher than it closed the day before, thereby leaving the gap. In the Forex market, it's not uncommon for a report to generate so much buzz that it widens the bid and ask spread to a point where a significant gap can be seen, right? Similarly, a stock breaking a new high in the current session may open higher in the next session, thus gapping up for technical reasons. Gaps can be classified into four groups. Breakaway gaps occur at the end of a price pattern and signal the beginning of a new trend. Exhaustion gaps occur near the end of a price pattern and a final signal, signal attempt to hit new highs or lows. Common gaps cannot be placed in a price pattern. They simply represent an area where the price has gapped. Continuation gaps, also known as runaway gaps, occur in the middle of a price pattern and signal a rush of buyers or sellers who share a common belief in the underlying stock's future direction, to feel or not to feel. People, people will always say, people will put these rules out there from a technical perspective to say, hey, a gap has to be filled. Like a gap's gotta be filled. You know, that, that, that's debatable to me. I'm not 100% sure on that. But normally it tends to get filled, but it's not a 100% thing. When someone says a gap has been filled, that means the price has moved back to the original pre-gap level. These fills are quite common and occur because of the following. Irrational exuberance. The initial spike may have been overly optimistic or pessimistic, therefore inviting a correction. Technical resistance. When a price moves up or down sharply, it doesn't leave behind any support or resistance, okay? Price pattern are used, price patterns are used to classify gaps and can tell you if a gap will be filled or not. Exhaustion gaps are typically the most likely to be filled because they signal the end of a price trend, while continuation and breakaway gaps are significantly less likely to be filled since they are used to confirm the direction of the current trend, right? When gaps are filled within the same trading day on which they occur, this is referred to as fading. For example, Let's say a company announces great earnings per share for this quarter and it gaps up at the open, meaning it opens significantly higher than its previous close. Now let's say as the day progresses, people realize that the cash flow statement shows some weaknesses. So they start selling. Eventually the price hits yesterday's close and the gap is filled. Many day traders use this strategy during earnings season or at other times when irrational exuberance is at a high. Now, how to play the gaps. There are many ways to take advantage of these gaps with a few strategies more popular than others. Some traders will buy when fundamental or technical factors favor a gap on the next trading day. For example, they'll buy stock after hours when a positive earnings report is released, hoping for a gap up on the following trading day. Traders might also buy or sell into highly liquid or illiquid positions at the beginning, at the beginning of a price movement hoping for a good feel and a continued trend. For example, they may buy currency when it's gapping up very quickly on low liquidity 
and there is no significant resistance overhead. Some traders will fade gaps in the opposite direction once a high or low point has been determined, often through other forms of technical analysis. For example, if a stock gaps up on some speculative report, experienced traders may fade the gap by shorting the stock. Lastly, traders might buy when the price level reaches the prior support after the gap has been filled. An example of this strategy is outlined below. So here are some key takeaways I want to take away really quickly here. So once the stock has started to fill the gap, it will rarely stop because there is often no immediate support or resistance. Exhaustion gaps and continuation gaps predict the price moving in two different directions. Be sure to correctly classify the gap you are going to play. Retail investors are the ones who usually exhibit irrational exuberance. However, institutional investors may play along to help their portfolios, so be careful when using this indicator and wait for the price to start to break before taking a position. Like I said, it's got to break. Be sure to watch the volume. High volume should be present in breakaway gaps, while low volume should, should occur in exhaustion gaps. So to go back to the gap, to, to make sure we understand, the gap is right here. This is the gap. You know what? This may be better. This may be better to be drawn out in a, in a rectangular format. Okay, here on rectangle. Okay, there's the gap. Let me draw this out to the right. Okay, there's the gap in purple. There's the gap. I'm trying. I'm playing three ninety six twenty six. A break above that, I'm I'm playing this gap all the way to four one forty four. Once we get to four one forty four. I'm taking a sizable position of my trade off. I'm taking that off, leaving a few runs to catch a little bit upside. Like I said, I'm only trying to stay in this trade for a few days. Why? Because for the rest of this week, okay, so let's go to the economic calendar. Y'all ain't gonna get away without getting these economics. Now, tomorrow's Thursday, July 21st. Now, these next two days, we don't have anything big that the market is going to be worried about from an economic standpoint. So that's why I feel very good about being bullish tomorrow and being bullish on Friday because we don't have much economic news going on. We have some companies reporting earnings, but Tesla was the major one I was worried about. We've got American Express is going to, is going to be reporting Friday, but I actually expect a good number from them. I actually do expect a good number. But next week, next week is going to be a volatile week. The VIX is going to be very volatile because we've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got a lot of stuff going on next week. Now, from, now from an economic analysis standpoint, Tuesday starts the Federal Reserve's meeting. So now we're going to see what the Fed is going to be doing from an interest rate standpoint. Fed Chair Jerome Powell is going to be speaking in a press conference on Wednesday. He's going to be deciding what the interest rates are. Thursday, we're getting gross domestic product. So now this is going to tell us if we were in a if we are in a recession or not. This is going to be a big move for the market. And Friday, we've got PCE inflation, personal consumption expenditures. Now we're going to see what inflation is because this is the metric that the Fed uses for inflation. So we've got a lot of economic data coming out next week. 
That's why I want to be out of this trade by Monday, Tuesday morning at the latest. Why? Because now we got big earnings coming too. Look at this earnings calendar. Monday, we've got, Monday, we're going to be kind of light. We're going to be kind of light on Monday. We've got NXPI, which is a semiconductor company that I would encourage y'all to check out a little bit. We've got Whirlpool, so they'll tell us about the demand from an, from an appliances standpoint. And we got some other companies, but it's not going to be anything to move the needle on Monday. But Tuesday, Tuesday morning, we're going to have Coca-Cola reporting. Tuesday morning, we're probably going to have GM reporting. Tuesday morning, we're probably going to have UPS reporting. And then we're going to have Microsoft, Alphabet, Visa, Texas Instruments. You really don't want to be holding any positions. I'm, I'm going to say this. If you've got any swing positions going on, if we are able to find us a good entry tomorrow and play from Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday morning, you want to be out of all swing trades Tuesday morning. Because when Microsoft reports and, and Google reports, you don't know what they're going to say. The market might not, adjust, might not digest that very well. Wednesday, who we've got? Qualcomm. We've got Meta. The, the artist formerly known as Facebook. We've got Boeing. We've got Shopify. Shopify actually hosts the Trade for Yourself t-shirts. Go get a t-shirt at www.tradeforyourself.com. We got Lamb Research. We got Ford. We got some heavy hitters. We got Teladoc going on. This is going to move the market. Thursday, we got the largest company in the world, Apple. We got Amazon. You got Intel, you got Roku, you got Valero, you got Pfizer. So now we've got energy companies, we've got technology companies, we've got consumer discretionary companies, we've got, we've got you know, healthcare companies, we're all, we're all across the board. And then Friday, you've got Procter & Gamble, you've got AbbVie, you've got Phillips 66, an energy company, Chevron and Exxon. So tomorrow, I mean, not tomorrow, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Tomorrow, we're looking at SPY. But next week, it's going to be a lot of economic data and a lot of company data is going to be it's going to be skewing the market right now. And that's why when you look at this stuff, I can't even believe that the VIX is as low as is, is as low as it is. The VIX is at 23.87. The VIX is the lowest it has been in, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it we we came down this low in the middle of June, but since then. The VIX has been trading pretty elevated for most of the year. So this is going to be very, very interesting to see what's going on over the next couple of weeks. So, you know, this has been a long episode. This has been a very, very long episode, but I feel it's been a very, very informative episode. You know, we talked about fundamental analysis, right? Tesla, Tesla stock, why is it important? We talked about trading, we talk about potential trades, like, like these are trades you can take tomorrow. You feel me? Like we talk about trading, we talk about economic analysis. So, so we've we've covered the gamut, right? This is this this has been an episode that's related. To, this has pretty much been investing vegetable stew. Okay, we've had some of everything go on with an ingredient standpoint. And as always, I appreciate y'all for tapping in with the Trade for Yourself podcast. Please like the video. Please like the video. Please subscribe. Please share because I want to make sure that this information gets out to the people. I've been here every single week trying to add value to you guys. 
since January of 2022. And I appreciate everybody that has tapped in and subscribed to the podcast. You know, please comment, okay? Like, please hit the notification bell so you can make sure that you are in the know every time I drop an episode, okay? So as always, pay attention to the market, make building wealth a priority for your life, and don't pay for it, trade for it. We'll catch y'all in the next one.